Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about podcasts, pancakes, and we have part three of our interview with Sam Oates from the Financial Planner Life podcast. Go on, Russ. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man in his office that's robbing all my ideas. How dare you? And a girl that thinks I should pay him nothing for the ideas. Um, hold on, if I'm stealing the ideas, who's paying who? I've, I've, I've just realised that now, but I'm not paying you nothing for your ideas. <laughs> See what I mean? I thought, it, Charlotte, welcome to the Climate Project, everybody. Um, I thought, because uh, Ross was in such a good mood, he might want to... He might want to introduce himself on on the podcast, and he uses that to make a immediate dig. I don't know you were fiber for some Easter eggs, though, that I agreed to yesterday. Ah, uh, we've got them. Yeah, so they they they've got a amazing little um, uh, charity drive in the um, in the offices that we're part of, where there's you know, a decent number of businesses. Uh, we've got. Um, uh, we, we're buying Easter eggs for kids who can't afford it, and, I, and the table's looking round already. It looks like there's uh, a lot of kids who are going to get Easter eggs this year. And as you know, chaps, I love doing a bit of that. Love, like, I mean, what did it cost us? I, I mean, it probably we spent ten, fifteen quid on it, giving back a bit to, to people who need it when times are tough. Is something I want to do, Charlotte. Apart yes. from laughing at Russell's intro. What are you? What have you been up to? Well, uh, I've been, I've been doing a lot of stuff, uh, dealing with your emails, dealing with, dealing email with my emails. Have you, have I good emails that you can share on the podcast. You keep getting emails from South School that just are never open, so I just have been sort of getting rid of them. Forward them to forward them to mum. Yeah. Sorry. Are are we doing the? Are we doing our, our admin? Our, like, are we having a team meeting? You are. Okay, That's yeah. not the job. That's because okay. you missed out on the team meeting yesterday. I had to go to class. Okay, if you're asking, I'm working on a, a novella at the moment that I think could be promising. Although you did do a good article this week, Charlotte, on the Hatton Garden robbery. I found it by chance, and it was very funny. Oh, you know what you should. <laughs> You know what you should do an article on? I've just finished the BBC Sound podcast called um, Gangster. Um, we should we should make that uh, uh, a little feature of our podcast, shouldn't we? Like, what other podcasts to listen to? Um, uh, I've been thinking about doing my backlog of... Getting myself a mic and doing my backlog of vlogs uh, as... Podcast content, starting my own podcast that way. Oh, that might be good. You know, you know what I got asked. Um, uh, that yeah, reminds me, I've got to change my mobile number this week. What's that? Just in case she phones for podcast advice. Oh, you that, know what? That leads to bad things when people phone me for podcast advice. You know what? Every every time somebody phones you, Russ, and says. Nobody ever I need a quick. I need a quick favour. Immediately put the phone down. <laughs> Russ, can you just do me a quickie? Um, actually, don't. Never say that. Oh. Never that phrase. <laughs> do me a quickie. Hopefully, I don't. Hopefully, I don't answer that call. 
Um, uh, but how about if I, if Charlotte pretends, go on, let's do a bit of a role play. You phone him up, you aren't going to ask him a favour, but you cannot, Charlotte, ask him directly and immediately for that favour. Go. Um, okay, um, you're right, Russ. All right, Charlotte. What have you been up to? What is it you need, Charlotte? <laughs> Straight down to business. <laughs> let's get down, let's get down to business. Go on, Charlotte. You don't want to say that because he, know, he knows the scenario. In all honesty, if you do decide to do a podcast, I'm more than happy to help you with it. No, I've got I've got some uh, software that I've had on my laptop for a while, you know. I've been doing some, you know, audio editing for... Well, I gave you access to my Adobe, the best editing yeah, software yes. is the yeah. Adobe Audition. Yeah. So I do all their podcasts on. I thought right. you used um, the Freak. No, you don't use the Freak. Audacity. The that's that's what I use. Yeah. The only thing I use Audacity for is breaking down the raw files into segments and then I put it all together and do the audio editing in uh, all day. Now, I'm, I'm really sorry, ladies and gents. We've gone on, we've got going a bit technical. We've gone yeah. off a tangent. Okay, okay. I want to see Charlotte's technique no, to I've got persuade Russell to do, do her a favour without actually asking her a favour. I just ask for a favour, though, and if he doesn't want to do yeah. it, he'll say no, and that's fine. You can ask me for anything, Charlotte. Exactly. And if he doesn't want to, he just say no, know. it's fine. Does that include me? If you do anyway, even when I don't say <laughs> no, you say, yeah, 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 we're going to do it. <laughs> oh, in other news, I've just come back from Glasgow, haven't I, Charlotte? I said, just come back, and I was like, just well, Tuesday. between the last times we recorded, yeah. I think um, yeah. I started the other day. If you go to Quiz Club, Quiz Night, yeah, we smashed it, didn't we? Ninth, yeah, yeah. So there was 33, 34 teams at Quiz Night, and we ended up coming ninth. Mm. I was um, going to send you the, the post of the team picture, but you don't have Instagram. Send it on WhatsApp. I don't have the picture, I just have it on Instagram because he posts on Instagram. Right. Why don't you just right click it and download it? From my phone? No. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, are we just having a chat on the podcast about technical support? I wanted to. Okay. remember that we have got tens of thousands of listeners tuning <laughs> in, and you two are going, oh, where do I download an image from Instagram? What editing software shall I use in my podcast? Oh, it's ingrained in me now. Now, usually when you find me, it's for technical advice or to do something. And how, but when we actually record the podcast? Yeah, that's doing something. Right. I've, so I've we're having... what, uh, next week's blog is on, by the way. Before anyone advises me on what next week's blog should be on, I know what it's going to be on. What's it going to be on? It's going to be on Moons. Moons. Multiple moons or the moon? The different full moons, because you know you have 12 to 13 in the year and they've all got different names. Oh, cool. So our uh, moon, but our moon, but different moons, yeah? Yeah, because the, the next one's the pink moon. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I only remember three. Know, don't now. No, don't say, well, she, wait, wait, wait. People can people can log in to charlottedames.com and read about either yeah. 
the Houghton Garden robbery or moons? Next Who's week. My, Next who, Friday. Can I can I add a uh, a suggestion for a future article for the list? Yeah, go on. The Brinks Matt robbery. Yeah. Which was the, at the time the biggest gold robbery. Either either that or a secure court down uh down in Kent. That was quite an interesting story. How they robbed secure court down in Kent. Why are we talking robberies on the Kylie's project, Jack? Well, I was just about to bring up the story I'm working on about werewolves, which is why I transitioned by talking about my blog about the next one's going to be about moons. Oh, go on, talk about werewolves then. <laughs> what would you rather have talked about the technical podcast stuff? Kindness. Okay, talk, uh, talk about. I like to talk about kindness. I like. I, we talked about crime, werewolves, and. The technical complexity. We haven't talked about werewolves yet. <laughs> huh? We're just getting onto werewolves. We've had robberies, now it's werewolves. Right, but we we wrote podcasts primarily about sharing what's happening that's positive in the world. Yeah, we're we're talking about, about werewolves, werewolves and robberies. Really positive. It's a good project. Right, right. If you can put <laughs> a. If there's a bunch of werewolves doing a community project in a local school where they're building a playground share please do share the story if if it's about a fictional story about what werewolves about michael j fox movie where we turned into a werewolf not where there was but he was a basketball player werewolf wasn't basketball player that, right? that particular mo- now charlotte wouldn't have seen this because it's from the team era wolf. It's oh from i the saw the, the show adaptation they did of it, it was... That the film is better, but we uh, and I don't know whether we've ever talked about this on the podcast before us. But um, what's the year you consider films to be old? Uh, anything oh. from nineteen ninety two or before? No. Any no. Listen, and what what do you what did you? I, w- I, was, I was watching a program yesterday on Sky, something Sky. And uh, it was at the eighties, the decade that made the movies. Yeah, they made the, the movies. They haven't perfected them. Oh, they did. No, eighties movies are brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean the Goonies is probably one yeah, of the. Yeah, who doesn't things. watch the Goonies now? I don't. Is that You don't. Right. So we were on our eighteen. We, we were on our way back from a musical. Let me just tell you the story, and there it is came about, Russ. We were on the way back from a musical. Uh, it was called Newsies, and it was over... Uh, oh, yeah, you've told me before that Charlotte thinks that the graphics on older stuff is... The grainy. Well, any movie from the 80s is grainy. Yeah. But the story yeah. I'm telling is better. It does have a point. If I haven't been... I'm not going to get so technical now. Mm. They haven't been remastered. They can be a bit grainy. And the special... How do they remaster them, Russ? <laughs> and the, the special effects... How do they remaster them? The special effects compared to what they can do now do seem a bit ropey. But eight, eight years movies, when you see them then, was an advancement in time. I'm... I'm well, if, I, if I went to the cinema when you sit down and watch an 80s movie and you're an 80s kid, you can remember that feeling you first got seeing 
them special effects and thinking, God, how would they done that? Yeah, you know what? Weirdly, looking back, what was your first movie, Russ? I, I think mine was my first movie I see. I can't remember. Charlotte? I don't, mm, I don't remember. My one was The Jungle Book. Mine was probably something like Tom and Jerry or... Because they used to show them early, early in the 80s at Christmas, didn't they? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the cinema. What was your first cinema movie? Oh, well, that was my girl. You must have cried all the way through it. Cried all the way through it? Cried all the way through it. As soon as he got stung by them beats, I was a blubbering wreck. Not seeing the film, so I've no idea what you're talking about. It's a, it's a, it's not emotional at all. Culkin and uh, he's and old now. Movie. No, right, right. Hold on, hold on. What do you mean he's old? He's an adult. At the yeah. time, he was a kid. He's not old. Yeah, but people, people are probably looking at you now, Charlotte, saying she's old. I do every she's time I look in the mirror. Right, 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 right. It's called maturity, Charlotte. Some of us quite enjoy it. Although, Russ, at quiz night, maturity, maturity got me in trouble because I walked into quiz night in Glasgow uh, in the student union in Strathclyde. Yeah. Number one, I was at least <laughs> 20 years older than everybody in the place. That's all right. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Apart from the... Uh, Apart from the quiz marks, though, we may have been slightly older. But was it a case of the older and the wiser? Well, it was, because we came ninth out of 34. I added value, didn't well, I, Well, clearly not. If you're the oldest, then you're only a ninth. <laughs> then there's no, a there was, wiser people. Ah, but bear, bear in mind, Russ, there was only a team of three of us. On some of the other teams, there was 27 on a table. <laughs> There's not 27. 27 on a table. Like 10. There were people sitting on people's laps. There was. People, I mean, yeah. That's that's quiz night. There's not enough chairs. 27 to a table. Um, but the yeah, I was definitely the oldest person uh, in the room apart from the quiz master. And he did he did make a comment because what he said was, um, "Welcome to uh, everybody." To quiz night, including the people who have looked like they've wandered into the student union by accident, and I was like, "That's a bit wrong." Isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, That's not fair. And I, 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 I said, "Thanks for the shout out." I waved, I waved at him and said, "Thanks for the shout out." And he said, "Because um, I had a, a, a white t-shirt on," he, um, he turned around and went, "Including the man with the tighty whitey." Not a phrase I'd heard before, <laughs> Tighty Whitey. Interesting yeah. phrase. No, no, it's... it's. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to refer to a pair of underwear. Okay, enough. Talking about... I thought there a pair of underwear on. That would be, that would be absolutely weird. If it was a 45-year-old man, I wandered into the student union. Talking of Scotland and funny things... I see on Facebook that your nan, Charlotte, and your mother-in-law, Chris, happened to get in the wrong car the other day uh, at Asda. Oh, no. Yeah, and somebody, brought, somebody come up to them and said, you're in the wrong car, and they apologised and laughed about it. 
I found that quite funny when I read it on Facebook the other day. Okay. Um, interesting stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, we were up in Glasgow. You know what? We missed an opportunity, Charlotte. We could have done a, a one where you and I were together and Russ was in a different place. Cause, oh, like, yeah. We've done those before. We've done those before. Yeah, but normally when you're... We'd yeah, already so. recorded before you went on. So I learned something interesting this week. Um, apparently, as life expectancy goes, Glasgow is one of is the top place with the lowest life expectancy. Yeah, I knew that. How come? Depends on one of my history lectures. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, Mind you, it was quite industrial, wasn't it? So yes, it was. That, that could mean poverty. That could mean anything, couldn't it? If you look at some of the old pictures of Glasgow, like, yeah. Christ. I thought it was deep fried food. I thought it was pancakes with a million toppings, Charlotte. That's what I thought it was. Oh, I like the sound of pancakes with a million toppings. Oh, Russ. If you ever I've come never, up, I've got to take you to stack and still. I've never been known to shy away from a pancake. Well, well, stack and still is the place you want to be, Russ. It is... Um, is it than the one in Amsterdam you went to? Well, uh, Omleg, Omleg, Omleg is the king of restaurants for omelets. Um, I think Charlotte. I think there's also one in London as well. Apparently. For pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Nice little there. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, sponsorships are available. Stack and still, feel free to send pa- pancakes in my general direction. Um, happy, happy for happy for you to do that. Um, uh, should we talk about mug of the week? I broke your mug as well while I was up, didn't I? Yep. Well, that's you one of the mugs of the week. Um, I haven't got any new mugs. There's no new mug of the week. I did make myself a mug this weekend. Not this oh, weekend. Yeah, but... Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, so we went to this place and they were they just had these. Uh, mugs and stuff you can and just oh, nice. with clay and you, you can just paint on yeah. them um so uh i was that your glasses you need to push them down what? <laughs> um and mm-hmm. we were uh i was there with a group from my english class uh my english lectures uh and uh we painted stars on them because we were reading the haunting of hill house and there's a thing about uh, insist on your cup of stars. So we each went and made. That's quite a good one. No, I know. Yeah, um, and I have a quote on it, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, what's, that? what's that university thing, Charlotte? Or you went? No, it was just something someone arranged. Oh yeah. Yeah, just like How was it? four good? or five of us. Yeah, it was good. Good, bad. I got a new mug out of it, so I haven't got it yet because it needs to go in the kiln. Oh. I love that word. Kiln. Kiln is a great, kiln is a great word. Um, question of the podcast. What currently is your favourite word? I think my new favourite word is kiln. Russ? My new favourite word is theft. Plagiarism. I know. Because you keep on stealing my ideas, right? I've stole all your ideas and they're paying off so far, so... Um, what can I say, but hey? They say crime don't pay, but in this case, it has. 
Oh. <laughs> it's not quite crime. I don't know if it's crime if I voluntarily gave you my Stating somebody's copyright is a crime, isn't it? I would have thought it was a civil crime rather than a... The ideas that you supposedly stolen weren't mine to begin with, were they? I don't know where you got them. I stole them from somebody else. I wasn't going to ask for them. I stole them from somebody else. That is that if you can, it's like that shoulder, shoulder that phrase about shoulders of well, giants. Like, it? like, yeah. like you said on the podcast, we called the interview we called in this morning. It's that ripple effect. Exactly. If somebody can benefit from it, then yeah. And, it's, uh, what's the saying? We don't live in a vacuum. It's true. Yeah. We if if we if we dip if we do something and it can create a positive ripple, I'm up for creating a positive ripple. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially if it's raspberry ripple on me pancakes. Um uh oh yes. Well, I went healthy. We'll talk about Charlotte's in a minute. I went healthy and went for cream cheese and smoked salmon. And roughly how much is the pancake? Of cream cheese and smoked salmon. I had two pancakes. Yeah. It was about eleven quid, so it's not overly reasonable. It's pretty good, and and unlimited filtered coffee as well. Stack and still, if you want to send anything my way, like to to give you all this promotion, please do. And so I went for. I tried to go healthy. I wouldn't mind uh, cream cheese, smoked salmon, and like sort of that sort. Of thing. He's he's stretching this up again, right? Um, Charlotte, do you want to share with Russell? And, and sorry, let, let me just put one more uh, bit of framing around this, Russ. It was um, about half ten in the morning. Well, give her a chance to tell me where it was first. Half ten, eleven o'clock in the morning, Russ. <laughs> what um, filling did you go for for your pancakes, Charlotte? Donna kebab, mate. I'm with you, Charlotte. Yeah, thank oh, you. No, no, Donna Kebab Me is a filling for like 11 o'clock at night, isn't it? No, Donna Kebab can be eaten any time in the day or night. You're an animal. You are an absolute animal. Bear in mind, when you come home drunk and you've got your donor on the table and you drop off in the chair and then you wake up in the morning. See you the next morning. Right, yeah. Sorry, can we just clarify something? Not me personally, but I know people. No, know. I don't. Right, can we just clarify something? Number one, you talking about food that a drunk person can eat the next day isn't helping your argument one bit. Um, number two, neither of you drink. <laughs> and number three, Donna Kebabby should be a food that you eat no. either. No. no, what? No, I disagree totally. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Like I sometimes have pancakes with ice cream in the morning. In the morning? Yes. Dad, Dad, what you eat and when is just a social convention that you don't have to listen to. Right, no, that is true. That should be an article for the future, Charlotte. <laughs> Why I told my dad not to listen to social conventions. Right, no, I can't. Right, right, okay. So, here's where I'm with that. I've had three and pasta, I don't... Well, I'm, a, I'm, a no, bit, no. I'm a bit the same as you, though, Chris. I can't eat certain meats with certain stuff. So I have a dish, uh, let's say, meant to have spaghetti, like spaghetti and meatballs. I can't then eat that with 
Other kind of pasta. Chaps, breaking social conventions, I'm cool with, right? I am probably the only one of us, and I might be wrong here, considering the absolute monsters you've told me you are in the last 10 minutes. I'm the only one in, in Kuala Lumpur to have a curry for breakfast. Yeah, you are the only one to have a curry. Amazing. Very, very good. Very, very popular in Malaysia. Apparently. What flavour curry was it? I really despise it. It was a meat curry, it was like a chicken curry. Oh, okay. Yeah, really nice. So right. I, I'm I'm up for breaking food conventions. What I'm not up for is eating kebab meat at eight in the morning. But that's a food convention that I Because if I wanted to eat an elephant leg, I'm only going to do it drunk. Yeah, and, but... The trouble with that is obviously people are eating that kebab meat in the morning in their pancakes or they wouldn't be serving it. That's what it is. You wouldn't then get kebab meat on the menu if it wasn't a good seller. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the second time I've had it. Okay, so, so it is my, is my argument against that. Number one, right, they sell all sorts of stuff that may be a popular choice, but not a particularly sensible one. So let's take, for example... Right, being sensible uh, 8 in the morning or 11 o'clock on a Friday night when you've been out for a drink, it doesn't matter. It's personal preference. Yeah, I don't like a lot of breakfast foods. So if I have to make myself pasta at half 11 in the morning, That's I'll get myself through. I'm cool with this. Well, I like bagels, but we don't have a toaster in the flat. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. This is, wait, this is a problem. Oh, God, this is a problem. No, it's great. Yeah, you talk about eat what you want when you want. And that's how people get to, like, 58 stone. Okay, so who is telling you you have to eat certain things at certain times? Social convention. Yeah. Exactly. Break I... out of your little box, man. Break out of your little box. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm eating right, right. four times a day. I eat once a day. I actually, and if one of those times it's not a convention, it's not a convention. I actually think I'm, I'm, I'm cool breaking out of the box, man. Don't worry about that. I'm, I can break <laughs> out of my box any time I want, fella. But... Kebab meat at 10 o'clock in the morning is still... In the, that's not breaking out of my box. That's breaking out of my box. Breaking out of the box of a lunatic and taking into... his ideas. Okay, about technical advice. We've turned into a food podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. but, like, it's not like I... I so we change it... this podcast to the Kebab Meat Project? Do what? <laughs> it's not like I eat, like, crazy. I eat twice a day, so if I want to have Kebab Meat... Yeah, but how often do you have... How often do you have kebab meat on your your uh, pancake, Charlotte? I mean, I've only been three times, and I've only done it twice, so... Yeah, twice. It's hardly, uh, it's hardly a regular thing. Yeah, you're not breaking out of your box enough, Charlotte. Do something different. You need to get out of your box more. You know what you I'm, should do? I was eating fruit salad at 2am this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know what you should do? Tomorrow's breakfast, eat a toilet roll. Really break out of your box. <laughs> No, because I need to use that toilet roll. Was that a tin of fruit salad or fresh fruit salad? Yeah, she just ate the tin as well. No, I made it myself. Um, I made it myself and the sauce as well. 
uh, bananas and apples, and then I made uh, uh, peanut oh. and honey and yogurt. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, there was something else in there as well. There was ah, fruit. You, you didn't have a side dish of kebab then, no? No, no, no. Yeah. In the no. fruit salad and the peanut no, butter. No, no. Oh, you're not, according to Russell, you're not break, breaking it. <laughs> Can you do me a favour, Charlotte? Can oh, Russell, I'll ask you a I'm trying to drink me coffee. Uh, Charlotte, can you do me a favour tonight? If you did it tonight. Um, I'm having chicken wraps. I've decided I'm having chicken wraps. Too conventional. Too conventional. What How you want to do... I might have tonight is chicken fajitas. Oh, there's good, Russ. So, yeah, I know. But you're not breaking out of the box enough, you two. What you want to do, well, Russ... I'll have I it at 11pm and that make you happy. I'll, no, I want you... Russ? Yeah, go on. Um, Charlotte, send you send Russ your hat, and he can have that with a bit of salt and chilli pepper. Um, and Russ, can you... Um, <laughs> what are you going to send Charlotte to me? A Kindle, if she ever sends me her address. <laughs> you can have a little munch on the Kindle. <laughs> I'll send it now. No, I'll do it after. Oh, oh that, that was a subtle nudge, Russ. I like that. It, it works. I'm reminded of the other day on WhatsApp. Well, and you know what? All I thought this, I, yeah. All this doing stuff on time and when you're asked, it's too conventional, isn't it? <laughs> I know. She's, break, she's breaking out of her I'm box. I'm to break out of the box. Right. <laughs> we have gone off on an absolute tangent again, and this is going to be one of those podcasts which might be the longest in the world. So, should we move on to... I'd like to share a particularly conventional act of kindness. This is American story. Young kids behind rebels of kindness in the community. A new spin-off of a Simcoe County charity is looking to capitalise on the generous hearts of young people. Ripples of Kindness brings women of all ages together four times a year to donate to various charities voted by on the group. On Thursday, the group launched Ripples of Kindness Kids, creating a new chapter of generosity for youth. We've got this amazing generation of youth in our community who want to pay it forward. So Holly and I get together and thought, what better way to do this than to get all of these amazing youth in our community together and get them to donate some money to, to a charity that means something to them. On Thursday, the group held its kickoff event with 40 kids following in their mother's footsteps. Those youth ch uh, chapters, first charity of choice, was Barry's SPCA. It's great to hear that with that by doing chores, having lemonade stands, anything they can to raise money, uh, and they all want to give it to animals, which is great. The group managed to raise over a thousand dollars. Like the chapter for adults, Rebels of Kindness for Kids will hold four donation events every year. And the next check presentation is scheduled for June. I love, I love it. And it's interesting. We were talking about this this morning, weren't we, Russ? We were. Um, about, so I don't know what you think of this, Charlotte. I was out with friends uh, on Saturday. 
And one of the friends there was asking me about the book launch and how it went. And I was saying about we had a couple of teachers come to the book launch who had been sharing it with their schools, sharing the book with, with the schools. And she said to me, the problem you've got, Chris, is the concept of kindness isn't that cool. Now, by the look on your face, you disagree. What do you think? I think that, like, it it's one of those things where it's not seen as cool for, like, it to be done, but it is, like, if you think about it, it is. I've just had the message from... You know, Dad, but it's apparently it's Mum. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Sorry, I saw I saw that you'd sent me a message, and I was like, why is he sending me a message in the middle of the podcast? She's left it's her phone behind, me. hasn't she? Yeah, she's left her phone behind. And now she's calling. Right, like, you can't answer the phone in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Hello, textable. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, bye-bye, that's gone. I know that what you normally do isn't conventional, Charlotte, but just so you know... Answering the phone whilst you're in the middle of recording the podcast, not a conventional approach. I'm definitely leaving this in. (laughs) It was just sitting there buzzing and flashing in my face, and I was like, oh. Yeah, but as it's, I mean, leave it in. It's not conventional, but as Ralph says, you've got to think out of the box, haven't you? What I'm doing that scenario is answer it, um, recording, I'll call you back. But you have the opportunity to mute yourself. I was in the middle of talking. I don't have that luxury. Right, Clement, what do you think? Is kindness cool? I think I can understand why it wouldn't be seen as cool, but I do think it is. Because, like, kids think it's cool to, like, have, like, a large number of friends. It's like, how are you making friends? How are you how are you making those friends? Are you being nice to them? Are yeah. you being kind? You know, it's like Yeah. I I, I so so she said that and I said, Well it's interesting because as adults we know that being good to each other is a good thing to do. And I think there is a perverse role model situation going on where there are role models out there, particularly for young boys, funny enough, that don't share values of kindness. They and don't share the values of being authentic or, or being vulnerable or any of the things that I value as a human. It's all about masculine bravado. And to be honest, I thought as a society we'd outgrown that, but, but clearly not. Well, I'm going to model my life on Charlotte's now, and I'm going to get a great big skewer of kebab meat for every moment. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were modelling your life on mine and just stealing every single part of my life. Uh, I stole a lot of your clothes ideas as well. I, see what I mean? As a family, we have one sort of like we have a we have a family mental box folder that we just swap things in and out of. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I I mean, basically, we just share everything, don't we, as a family? So that, yeah, that's right. That that's the way it works. So that that was um, that was part one of the thing. Love to see kids getting involved in com- uh, kindness, communities encouraging that kindness, and encouraging uh, their kids to to do stuff in society. Uh, the next um, article I'm trying to get up. Two seconds. I've got up. Uh, is, is stranger walks off street to give a thousand pounds to local charity to help children in random acts of kindness. A kind carer has walked into a local charity and given them a thousand pounds in a random act of kindness. News of the magnanimous gesture was is revealed on Kindness of Strangers Facebook page. 
in the post, the magnamin the magnaminosteria is revealed um, in the post, which is linked to Northern Ireland Charity at kinshipcareni.com. The post says, you are around five foot three with short dark brown hair. At 4.46 this afternoon, you came out of nowhere, walked into our office and donated a thousand pounds. We asked you to tell us a little bit about yourself and you told us you are one of a large sibling group and that you and your brothers are all fit and healthy. You told us that you support a different charity every year and that your sister told you about the amazing work at Kinship Care Northern Ireland. You told us that you are a carer in the community and that you care for somebody who, who is severely disabled. You spoke very highly of your work and how rewarding it is for you. And you said you wanted to donate a thousand pounds of all our work with local children. You then got a wee bit emotional and then we got a wee bit emotional and then you left. <laughs> From us to you, our very kind carer, I'm getting a wee bit emotional. Thank you for coming in to see us. Thank you for sharing your own very personal story. And thank you for choosing to support children in kinship care. We very much appreciate it. Love that. You know what, as well? For somebody to care for others and also make donations to, to care for you know, kids, kids as well, I absolutely love. Yeah, I'd love I, to be doing something like that. If I won the lottery or anything, I'd love to donate every year, just have a little part of money, just uh, donate to one charity. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, cer certainly, just if if you've got that money, like sort of. I mean, a lot. I mean, the principle behind it is is timeless, isn't it? Like sort of. Yeah hiding some of your money to a really good cause and saying I've got a budget every year to to give away isn't yeah is it isn't no. Yeah. Charlotte, did you have something to say? I was looking for uh content for my later segment. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to be caught unawares again. Is that joke of the week? Yes. So you're just two in the box. Yeah you're <laughs> Yeah, you're in the box. Yeah, you're in the box. Just tell a random joke. Just <laughs> make up some words. And off the top of your head. And just do it off the top of your head whilst eating a kebab. Don't be <laughs> what, I'd, what I'd recommend you do is just literally get a, one of those revolving kebabs. And every now and oh, again, turn around and <laughs> Right. I mean, you wouldn't want to put one of those near your face because one of the ends is pointed and sharp, and so yeah. in the eye of a <laughs> Yeah, I would. You know me, I would. Yeah. So let's move on to the interview. It's the last part of our interview with Sam Oaks. Uh, if you've not listened to uh, parts one and two, please go back to last week um, and enjoy the last part of the interview. It's a process. You've got to live it, right? That's the reality. Every day. It doesn't... It, listen, do you know what? I, I had this conversation last night with this girl and I said to... She said to I, I said this, right? She talk, we were talking about psychedelics. Yeah. And, and we talked about it. She said, would you ever do psychedelics? And I said, I'd, said, I'd never rule it out. And I said, it's one thing I'd never rule out. And we got talking about it. But I said... The, the, the reason why I say I never rule it out is because I'd rather say that than say never, right? Because one day if I was facing death, for example, and I hadn't lived a full life, 
I might want to fast forward a little bit and get outside of my head and explore the concept of death. Now, at the moment, Chris, every single day for me gets better and better and better. And the journey of life is the enjoy is the enjoyable part. Why yeah, yeah. would I want to teleport myself to enlightenment and not enjoy the journey I go through yeah, to get I'll there? I get that. I get that. And that that that's that's the big thing, isn't it? When you stop focusing on the I need to get there in this particular point in time, what 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 is today meaning yeah. to me? That that's a that's a mindset. As soon as you stop, as soon as you're mindful and as soon as you stop and as soon as you appreciate what you have and then you become grateful for it, you will fill yourself up with the most amazing joy that mm. you could ever you know, I, I'm getting it now talking to you. I'm getting it now realizing and reaffirming yeah. why I'm happy. This, I'm is why, this is why conversations like the same are so important, aren't they? Because it's like yes. it gives you an opportunity to go, but we're lucky. You know, we're in a we're in a good space. Now I want to head a little bit back to the business. And I know that uh, your business has decided to become a B Corp. Now, one of the things that I loved about the conversation we had when we interviewed my, uh, my uh, for me for me on your podcast was, I think we share a lot of value. So, talk to me a little bit about B Corp. Something we had we as a business haven't done actually, and it, it's on our it's on our plan to do eventually. Talk to me about why you decided to become a B Corp and why do well do good. That's my words, not yours, but do well, do good is so important in your your business life. Okay. Well, one, do well, do good. I've learned by giving back to others and supporting others that I feel good in the process of doing that. So if I put out good, do you know what? Good comes back to me. 100%. Firm 100%. believer in the laws of attraction. It's just the way it works. There's a science behind it. It's 100% works. So in respect of then aligning my business in that way, we joined B Corp. There's only, I think I just read yesterday, a thousand companies in the UK that are B Corp. And we're just at the final processes now. So we have to go through a big application process to do it. And it's not an easy thing to get B Corp. You have to evidence in every area of your business, sustainability, um, environmental impact and social impact. Yep. Right. So for me, Having individuals in my business that are aligned to my values was hugely important. Having a framework such as B Corp that held the business responsible and that people within the business responsible for giving back to those three core areas was hugely important for me. So when we put in things like charities, talk club that we support, our community aspect on that, because I'm a trustee, I've set up the Financial Planner Life Talk Club to bring mental health within to the financial planning profession. We've got the running charity that helps homeless people yeah. five hours a month for each individual to go out within my business and support any charity that they choose yeah yeah and that's that. important because it's empowering them to yes. just do something they believe in isn't yes it? exactly not telling them what to do but also we have to donate a percentage of our profits to helping others right so for example my financial planner life academies every new person i bring into the financial planning profession five percent of that goes to talk club that five percent gives eight counseling sessions for a man in need so i know that every time we're bringing people into a profession we're doing good in other aspects of well now one of the, the other areas that's really really important we just signed terms with um investec right and investec on their great big terms and conditions say what are you doing 
about sustainability? What are you doing about the environment? What are you doing about your positive impact? Because guess what? Companies now have to look at their suppliers yeah. and have to see down the supply chain, are they ethical? Are they doing the things they should be doing? Because having B Corp is basically a big sticker that says we've gone through a process, rigorous process. About, here's, yeah. our, here's our score. Now, 100%. We are a company that you should have on your supply chain. What are your other suppliers doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it becomes yeah. this kind of standard that you hold, you hold yourself to, and you hold, and 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 is accountable then to the other people within your profession as well. And I think I think that conversation's growing, right? You know that conversation around sustainable business is going to be one that's going to uh, going to going to move forward. Uh, quite rapidly over the next few years as we have more conversations like this. Chris, I set up a company, I've just recently set up another company, which has taken on two people and it's going well. Um, it's called Down to it's called Down to Earth. Down to Earth. And it's working with sustainable companies, companies that are making a positive impact. To very sum this up really, really quickly, right? Through recruitment, you can have a positive impact on the world. So all the companies that we work with under Down to Earth are doing something that adds value to the world. They're not taking from the world. So there are profiting companies, but what they profit off of is things like sustainability, etc. Yeah. Now, we put that job advert for a recruiter onto the um, University of Bristol website. The girl who joined us has a master's in environmental um, psychology yeah. or something like that. She came on to join us because she understood that she could have a positive impact on the world by recruiting for companies that are having a positive impact on the world. So, so this is the interest in, in your, in your sort of recruitment business as well. How often are candidates now making a choice around the companies they work for based on positive impact? Not as much as I would hope within the financial planning space, but more younger individuals are. So what you're finding now, there are companies out there. Have you ever seen a company called The Path? No. Right, look them up, right? They, they are a, they're a positive impact, environmental, uh, environmentally positive impact, uh, financial advice company. Now, they will have absolutely no trouble in attracting new individuals to come and join their business that, that that meet their values because they're out there and they would be interested in joining them. The one thing I see in the financial planning space, for instance, is just even with ESG and the requirements and, the, and everything around that, nobody's really talking about it because what about the positive impact you can have via talking to your clients about where their monies are invested in their pension? 100%. 100%. And, it, and it's huge. So the challenge we had as a financial planning business is making sure that proposition was right. Um, so we took, funny enough, we took 18 months during 2020 and 2021 to build our ESG proposition, talk to all the fund managers, building everything. And what the way the way we did it, Sam, is, um, as you know from our conversation, I like to um, collaborate on everything we do. You know, we do things like professionals, we work with and all that stuff. So I, I, I was getting a bit lost with it if I'm honest, because there's just so much information out there. So we got a um, client panel. So we got five of our clients who were particularly interested in this area to come and help me build our proposition at Savello. And that worked really well. The challenge we had is you've got five unique perspectives um, around what money for good means to them. 
Um, yeah. And trying to systemize that was a uh, a tough thing to do, but I think we've got there actually. And, and we also being aware of the green the greenwashing that happens within financial products, as well as greenwashing that happens what you see within the supermarkets. Hundred percent. So, so the way that we did it is we uh, built an impact portfolio specifically only invested in companies that were doing good. Um, our core portfolio is a. Uh, makes no sort of designation in terms of ethics but avoids stuff like you know munitions and firearms and things like that and then the one in the middle middle is a have has a ESG filter designed to make sure that more money is going towards companies doing good in the world um but that took me 18 months so that took business 18 months to get to that point and I funny enough I wrote that in the book you know is it perfect Definitely not. And is it a market in evolution? Definitely. And we'll look at continuing to, to improve and evolve that as time goes on. Tell me a little bit about um, uh, you, your business, where people can find you, and more importantly, the charities you support and where they can find out more information about those. Well, starting with the charities that we support then. So we've got the running charity and the running charity was set up because um, home is a homeless charity and individuals that are struggling and end up on the streets. I mean, not everybody ends up on the streets due to drugs or alcohol. A lot of people can end up on the streets due to just mis you know, misfortune, not being able to even pay the rent these days. There's a hidden amount of people that are homeless. Now, the running running for me and my business partner, who is a world record holder, um, fastest 50K on a treadmill, right? He's an ultra runner. Now, running is really important to us. Running has helped us individually yep. to maintain positive mental attitudes. And yep. running has the power to bring people together and get them out of a slump, right? So the running charity is all about helping people that are in need, helping people that are on the streets, but bringing running and the elements into it. We rate, we did things like did the three peaks last week, uh, year in 24 hours with our team uh, to raise money for the running charity. Of course, Talk Club, we raise money for Talk Club. We, 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 um, we get involved with them. Individuals within our business do donating their time to list, uh, re, um, talking to what, old people, for instance, at old people's homes, um, helping out at children's homes, um, giving, giving um, stuff out to homeless people in Bristol. So there's lots of things that we're doing on an individual basis around the charity side. Um, in respect to my business, Financial Planner Life, Recruit UK, you can find us online. You can see what we're all about. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Just look up Sam Oaks, Financial Planner Life. You can listen to the podcast at Financial Planner Life if you're interested in that. I don't just talk about financial planning careers, as you know. Big firm uh, believer in talking about and using your platform for good. So I talk about mental fitness and mental health, well-being, as well as uh, an exciting career within the financial planning profession. But yeah, you can find us LinkedIn, Instagram. I think we're on Twitter. Twitter, I think we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. All, the all of them, all, 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 all of the channels, all of the channels. We'll, we'll make sure that when we put the show notes up, Sam, we, we put links to yeah. all of them. Um, I'm going to ask you, you're right, I'm going to share my favourite running story because I'm definitely not an Olympic champion runner. Yeah. I'm one of the slowest runners that I know. I'm a plodder. Um, um, uh, so what I want you to do is, while I'm telling you this story, I want you to think of your funniest running story, right? Oh, God, you don't want to know that. I'm not thinking I'm allowed to I've, tell I've got, I've got two. Let me share you one of my running stories. So <laughs> my first marathon was Paris 2017. Um, uh, did it, wanted to get out of the way before I was um, 40. So 39, you know, sort of uh, thought I'd write, I'll, I'll sort of get, get this done. 
um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we we sort it out. So, did Paris 2017, didn't train as well as I should have done it, but went out there, week's holiday with the family, you know, stayed in sta stayed in Paris, but then uh, did the, halfway through the holiday, did the, um, did the Paris Marathon. Day was amazing, starting off at like at the Arc de Triomphe and then running around Paris and then on the way back. And loved it, loved the, loved the experience. Parisians have a different experience of um, marathons and Londoners. So um, there was a lot of polite clapping from cafes as people were drinking wine, as opposed to the cheering you, you get in London. Um, uh, but loved it all the same. Got the 17 miles, had my headphones on. Cassie uh, is at mile 21 by the Eiffel Tower. And she says to me, Sam, um, where are you again? I was like, I'm, I'm on my way. But I'm just taking my time as I do it. She went, um, no rush, but um, we've just seen a man with a giant Eiffel Tower on his head run past, and we yeah. wondered where you were. Yeah. Um, so that's how slow I am. And then we got to a point where um, we got to a point where at mile twenty, they opened up the roads and like they were letting people pass and stuff like that. London's a bit better organised because they do this like really good sort of diverting people route. But in Paris, they don't do that; they just let people run across. Um, and then the, there was a guy who had basically got his breakfast in a bag and a baguette in the other hand that was crossing the road as I was running running past and um, was swinging his baguette to get rid of the runners because he wasn't happy about the marathon coming to Paris. So I came back, had my first client meeting like the following week, and uh, Mark, my client, said, it was a marathon. I went, loved it. You know, cried at the end, really enjoyed the day. So glad we did it. But I did get attacked by a man with a baguette. Yeah. <laughs> make that any more French. Did he? <laughs> None of that. Just the baguette. But that was it. And then um, and then the second marathon I did, so I've done three now. The second marathon I did was 2020. So I did I'd sign up for London for the for the Hosmies locally. Um, and then it all got called off. So you know, uh oh, oh, I meant to be in April, got called up to the October, and then it was a virtual run. So effectively, what Cassie did was drop me off over at Chelsea Bridge. I live east side of London. Chelsea's on the west, if you don't know. Um, Chelsea Bridge, and I ran through London home. And I thought I'd planned it perfectly so that I'd hit the target uh, just as I got to my house. So running up to my house, um, and uh, uh, I phoned Cass and said, look, can the girls wait outside? And I, I didn't know this, but they've got a big banner and balloons and stuff like that as a, as a run-up. Got to the end of my little cul-de-sac um, uh, uh, and checked the app, and I had a mile to go. So literally, I had to just go... See you later and run away for half a mile and then come back. The most embarrassing running experience I think I've ever had, Sam. What's yours? <laughs> I've got a pretty embarrassing one, but I don't know if I can say it because it's a bit grim. <laughs> <laughs> What's the second most embarrassing one? <laughs> uh, you'll know what I mean by grim if you're a runner. Right. Um... Mine, mine would be, I was typical, right? I, I'm not somebody who gets involved in races. I've never been one for races, probably to do that whole comparing myself to, honestly. I'm, I'm not a competitive runner because I know I'm slow. So I'm the type of person who just goes out for a run, right? 
and I'll make it up as I go. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And I'm typical. I can go out and run, and then all of a sudden I've done a bloody marathon. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. I would go out. One of those days I'd gone out. Off I went, <clears throat> and before I knew it, five hours later, I don't know. About, I can't remember. It was like twenty-seven miles or something there, like that. There is a meditation with running. Isn't oh, hugely. It? I switch off. The flow. Yeah. All right. So my ones are definitely Rory Barrows and Sam. Accidentally doing a marathon is a is a bit of a humble brag, to be honest. This. Yeah. <laughs> It's getting my wife to bloody pick me up, though. That's the thing. And she's like, are you done it again? I'm, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You run away. <laughs> yeah. Come find me. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been sorry. an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat. Um, and uh, have a lovely day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So that's the last part of the interview with Sam Oaks. Tis the end. Tis the end. One, there's only one more thing today. It is... Joke of the week. Bob, Bob. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> Not coordinated, um, but I really appreciated that. Right, so are we... Uh, are, I can clean my glasses so I can them. read my joke of the week. Right. -o. Why are frogs always so happy? Ribbit. Why are frogs always so happy? I don't know. Because they eat whatever bugs them. Gross. Um, um, I'm so sorry if I've disappointed you, Father. It was um, so well, was well. <laughs> I was, I was hoping for a kebab meat joke, but we'll have to. <laughs> um, on that note, my friends, uh, have a lovely week, and I'll see you on the Kindness Project soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.